Mr. Finley. How are you, sir? I am Finley and like, like a, like a mo fucking breeze. Yeah, you're awake finally. That's yeah. good. Yeah. Enough coffee. Stepping yeah. away from the old, from the comfortable couches in there. Yeah. Into the austere glory that is the pod palace, my friend. It's been almost a week since I've seen, oh, it's actually been a few days because we've yeah, now played the uh, old disc golf. Yeah, we spent most of the weekend together. Jake. That's right, actually. <laughs> well, it's part of our little love affair, I think. Birthday party. Oh, my friend. Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, the joie and the vivre. Mm, both vive and joie. You're yeah, right. Duh. Um, Hello. <laughs> 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 Do you have a place to start? Kill yourself. Um, sheesh, I don't know. I, it's. I am, uh, I'm, yeah, let's, fucking no, I don't know that I have a good place uh, We to could start, start anywhere, because I feel like we have so much to say um, about um, this week's episode, with, yeah. about Jack, Jack Webb. Uh, There's so many little interesting things. He was a, he, I, he's a guy that you, I think you could legitimately study this guy, and not as an act. I mean, not just as an actor, but like all the other kind of weird, goofy, interesting things that he accomplished in his own Kind of in his own way. Yeah. You know, he lived long enough to become sort of a parody of himself. But, but he same, didn't live very long. Well, there is that, but he lived just that long enough, but he lived pretty bright for a while there. He started off really obscure. You know, I, I always I, I always had this thing, like, with Jack mm-hmm. Webb, looking at him physically, I always wondered, like, is this guy just the most tanned motherfucker I've ever seen in well, my life? Well, he's part native, Thank you. you know. That's what I found out. A little yeah. Irish, a little, little doing native. A, doing a little research, mm-hmm. found out he's a little Native American, which is like, now now, now that I see, now that I know that, yeah, it's the least surprising. It's very obvious. Absolutely. Yeah, and it's like it's sort of like he's he's very well known, and he's well known as like a, a persona, as well mm-hmm. as an actor and director, and and it's so much so that, that of a caricature that there's like um, Duckman, and if you remember, has like a sidekick, the pig, who, who sort of emulates him. And They've made yet, movies about him. They've made movies just to... To mock him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. But what's interesting is that um, he didn't actually make that many movies. It, it's a pretty limited supply. And in fact, I kind of want to throw this out there and you just decide what to do with it. Because we have um, two films we're definitely doing of mm-hmm. his. Mm-hmm. And then we have a third that I did not... Um, we decided not to do, but you mentioned. I'm sorry to be so sort so of spontaneous. You totally decide when the time comes. Spontaneity sucks. Um, and that but. is that you decide on the um, the one that we didn't promise to do, but you yeah. think you know pretty well. If you want to just do it at the end, I'll be a listener to it. Okay, let's we do can the ones talk about it. Okay, right. so yeah, I'll just sort of chime in for what I remember. Yeah, but well, let's, let's do the, the, let's the two. We, let's see where we go here. Okay, so so the thing about he's fascinating more yeah. than these movies, I kind of want to talk a little bit. We're going to talk a little bit. Let's about talk about Jack, Jack Webb. Webb yeah. A okay. fascinating dude. He started off in radio. I did not know. He did. That. He started off as a late night DJ in one of San Francisco's uh, uh, stations, KGO, as I think the first one he worked yep. at. He was he's a late night DJ. He had a lifelong love of Dixieland jazz. He did. So, and so he, talking Turk Murphy, uh, it's like sort of Bay Area Dixieland jazz, even more. Yeah. Sp- t- Turk Murphy, Clancy Hayes. Yeah, I mean, he was just he was like this guy who sort of. You know, like really kind of championed the cause of Dixieland jazz. Loved it so much that he made it part of what he brought to the stage. And that comes in later into one of our movies we're going to be talking about here in a little while. Yeah, mm-hmm. like yeah. just that, that kind of shit right there. Right? Yep. So, a sampling there? You know, just I, which is... Mm, Tommy, this really fits your... Hmm. Mm-hmm, go ahead. That's a bathtub gin. Yeah, you're really what? shaking around. Oh, yeah. you're just breathing. Ah, ha, ha. 
Uh, that's more than you're going to be saying in five <laughs> minutes, Kappa. <laughs> okay. So, anyways, but no, it's just uh, yeah, kind of a fascinating character, uh, interesting dude. Um, put him, put you know, put himself out there, and and he went, and he used that uh, from going to DJ. He started going to live yep. entertainment broadcasting. He had the Jack Webb show. He had the Jack was, Webb show, which was like a comedy variety hour, and he's trying to be Jack a, Benny. a little Jack Benny in there for yeah, sure, and not. Nearly, as, you can tell the difference between Jack Benny well, and Jack Webb. Well, he's lighthearted. I'd, I'd like to talk about that at some point too, like yeah. the lighthearted side of Jack Webb. Which, yeah, which is not in any way what you you know associate with this no, guy. No, the opposite. He was a he was a, he was a comedic voice actor, so or he fun. tried to be. Yeah, <laughs> okay, it wasn't that great, but mostly I was going <laughs> to yeah. say that had more to do, much more to do with the actual writing. It could he be. Just, I don't think he had the writing staff that Jack Benny. It did. might have been, and you he know? he tried to be a jack of all all trades in a way, and we can talk about when that was successful and when that wasn't but but he had that mm-hmm. dj show he had he had the sort of variety hour yeah he had a, a, a two series yep uh radio series and one was actually called pete kelly's pete blues Kelly's blues which leads us right into our our first movie well do you want to talk about that because here i thought i thought you sent me something that was kind of interesting and i'm hoping it'll work out here I'd but like let's play it if we do you want to give a couple is, we could download it maybe and also splice it in it but no fuck it let's just play it like, right, right well, here's, here's a sampling of of um of uh jack benny on kgo in the, in the bay area jack webb <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> you're you're completely right. Oh, Although you'll see in a minute why I made that mistake. You just pulled a Tom. Way to go, <laughs> Jack Webb, KGO, in the late 1940s. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. How are all our listeners out there? That's him. Both of you. Uh, John Galbraith, put your glasses on so you can find the microphone and come on over here, will you? Oh, Jack, my, my, my boy, that's certainly a healthy crop of freckles you picked up in the San Francisco sunshine. What do you mean, freckles? Those are the holes in the microphone. Put them on. Put them yeah, on, will you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course. How stupid of me, Jack. <laughs> Your head doesn't say ABC on it. Does it? <laughs> Neither do yours, John. And, and you can see go. the Jack Benny <laughs> attempt there. And you can hear it, but it's not, you know, yeah, it's, it's just not his his ball of wax, really. Nah. Not his wheelhouse, as they say. Yeah, comedy was, I guess, kind of a, a little bit elusive to him. Because most of the stuff that he did, even on the radio, was him yeah. being some kind of a detective. Or So he did, he did a Dragnet like, series uh, on the radio initially. Right. And he did another one, uh, I can't remember, Paul something or other. I don't remember. But anyways, he did some, he did like that kind of thing. And Pete Kelly's Blues was kind of uh, kind of an interesting thing. That was like a, like a love project for him because he also got to bring in you know his beloved uh, Dixieland jazz, yeah, and played that as part of the back, you know, the the, the eidetic music inside of the show there. KGO, by the way, if anyone, I used to listen to KGO when I mm-hmm. l- much, much like Jack Webb was a man in blue protecting people. Yeah, when I worked the overnight shift at Burns yeah, Security, the, the, is that the one you fell asleep on the uh, on yeah, the res- my on the boss set? took a picture of me and then handed me the picture and <laughs> fired me. But um, yes, that's the job. But I used to listen to KGO all night, and it had become like a, a like a ultra liberal bastion by the time I was uh, listening to it. So it was like um, Ray Talaferro. I'm one of the the oh best God, things I ever Ray Talaferro. Remember him? Holy fuck! Yeah. yeah, the Virgin Mary, my ass. The woman was a whore, I tell you. <laughs> and then Bernie Ward, who was, uh, was so wrong so often, but so committed to mm, his voice, I mm. really admired him until I recently discovered yeah. he spent nine years. And this is not an Ernest Borgnine thing I'm doing here. Nine years in Lompoc for child pornography charges. Really? Yep, nice. that is true. Okay. 
Anyway, so KGO. Well, fuck him then. I don't like him. Yeah. So well, KGO, all went downhill. To, he also Jack moved Webb. to another station, which is which is very near and dear to my heart, which was KSFO. Were you talking about Jack Webb? Jack Webb. Yeah. Oh, he, okay. also, he did he did part of this in KGO, and then he later on moved to KSFO, and I think B. Kelly's Blues was when he was on KSFO. Okay. Which what I used to listen to on Sunday nights when I was a nerd fucking kid, when listening you were. to. <laughs> well, I'm no longer yeah. a kid, um, but uh, used to listen to uh, old time radio show. That's when I listened to Jack Benny was on KSFO on Sunday night. So. Mm-hmm. Kind of a cool little rounding thing there. Uh, but yeah, okay. I, 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 I love old time radio, so I'm kind of excited yeah. that he was part of that, even as, you know, not as great as he was. Okay, so all of that is sort of some interesting background to Jack Webb. Jack Webb taking his radio program and spinning it into a movie. Well, but before that, it's it's worth noting that, that he had not quite found his way in the movies yet because he's he plays Artie. A minor character in Sunset Boulevard, who's oh, like yeah. the mm-hmm. nice guy, right? He was uh, with the Holden's best friend. Uh, he, uh, he was in The Men, which is one of my favorite movies to talk about. Him, like in. the wise sort of. Um, well, he was a hipster. He had like a little goatee. Yeah. He was in the army. You know, he'd be mm-hmm. ex army. And the, the Men's a great movie, anyways. It, it is. Like it's Brando's Marlon first movie. Brando's breakthrough movie. Yeah, nineteen fifty. Fucking great movie. Okay, so so, the, so those things that happened. So he hadn't quite found his way. Um, mm-hmm. But by nineteen fifty four, um, he went back to Dragnet, the original uh, Dragnet. Dragnet, yeah. And then in 1955, mm-hmm. Pete Kelly's Blues. Blues, yeah. I don't understand something about this, and I have to say this. I really love jazz, and I'm not an aficionado, but I do love jazz, and I can even identify different eras of jazz. Sure. I can identify some players you know, by their sound. Right. Um, I love everything from uh, ragtime to Dixieland mm-hmm. to like blue and bop and sort of like avant-garde late 1960s Ornette Coleman, yeah. Ornette Coleman like is that a saxophone or a trash can you're banging on I'm not sure <laughs> what an idea I really love it but there's something where the word blues mm. is somehow okay. not blue which is a definite movement of jazz but blues is somehow sort of synonymous for a lot of scholars I guess with jazz and I don't understand it because I love jazz I Fucking hate the blues. You hate the blues. Na 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 na. Go go go. Oh fuck yourself, no, blind no, no, melon you're, shithead. You're out of your mind. Oh my you're god, out it's of your fucking boring. Head. Jesus Christ! If, like, if I wanted to bring fucking Your Honor, this man has no soul. And here's one piece oh, of evidence. Oh, that's phony right soul. Here. It's just phony soul. Ah. I hate the blues. It's just phony heartbreak. Now, now if you're Black. the if, muddy fucking waters, you don't like muddy, muddy waters. waters. Dude, and then how? Then how do you possibly like Hendrix? Uh, that's just that's. Uh, I, I want to just let that linger. There. That's such muddy a waters stupid is what statement. Hendrix wanted to be. <laughs> Hendrix was a Hendrix was a punk compared to Waters. You don't like Jonathan Franzen? Well, he's so connected to Shakespeare that they both wrote words. Fucking oh, wow, Hendrix that, is in no way connected sh- to, to muddy waters at all. Though. What are you talking What's about? What's the connection there? Listen to Hendrix and listen to Muddy Waters. That's just a phony baloney. How are they connected anyway? Uh, because fucking Hendrix copied half of his half he, of his he album. He really didn't. He re- on it. He just. Really did not do Catfish that. Catfish Blues. He didn't take that from Muddy Waters. Yeah, oh he did. Oh my God, dude! It's uh, Hendrix is is innovative. It's mm-hmm. interesting. He, I mean, he plays something that's na 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 na. That's just so boring. It's mm-hmm. so phony. It's mm-hmm. white phoniness too. Mm-hmm. 
It's such white phoniness to be. Oh, I love the. Oh, Sunny Boy. What? Oh, second, second only to the hip, second only to the hipster phony. I'm listening to this fuck knob. Talk about hipster phony, man. I really love the blues, man. Do you, man? Have you suffered? And oh, you know. And if you are suffering, the blues will make you feel better. All right, it's a negative and a negative. Overpowering guilt and having stolen another black art. I get it. I get it. Listen, we've stole lots of black things, and including the blues, because this Joe Bonarossa. So, mm-hmm. idiot is going around bluesing it up on YouTube, but enough already with your stupid mm. blues. I think we're going to have to agree to disagree. Furthermore, wow. we can agree that I'm right and you're out of your fucking tits. Anyway, so 1955's <laughs> um, Pete Kelly's Pete blues, blues right. is about jazz. So, yeah. um, it's about Dixieland jazz, I guess specifically. It's in the Kansas City region, mostly. Right. Okay. Right. Set in that area right yep. there. And it's uh, it's actually kind of a ripoff of, uh, of another movie. I, I can you ever see The Joker's Wild? Yeah, sure. It's almost the same movie, but that came after this. Yeah, so maybe then that's the reverse ripoff. Except, I except think the that, way that, that was based that, on Joey Brown's actual story. Well, it's story. the same way that Sonny Boy Williamson ripped off Hendrix. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Reverse ripoff. I have anyway. no idea what you So, 1955's Pete Kelly. So, I love so, how you are so uh, wrong. It's so adamantly wrong at the top of your uh, voice. It's just so phony. I just All hate right. phoniness. But but uh, you know who didn't hate phoniness? Or, I mean, he did also hate phoniness. Jack, <laughs> Jack, Jack Webb. Webb. Who, like, by the way, you can see how much he loves jazz yeah. in yeah, this you movie. You can see it's a passion project. And also, like, I've never seen anyone fake um, playing so well. Like really? he made sure that he and the band members and Lee Marvin even Lee Marvin as a clarinetist yep. really con- looked convincingly like they were playing those instruments. Yep, yeah. sure did. All right, so th- so they're in this sort of passionate, you know, quintet or sex- sextet or, or something. A tet, a tet, a tet, a tet, a tet, a tet. A tet. Uh, of some uh, sort. Uh, and they're um, they're loving their lives mm-hmm. as um, as jazz free swinging jazz players. Yeah. Just just making oh. just making rent and whiskey money. As long as nothing comes along to interfere with that. But then that's all I ask, Tommy. Something comes along to what interfere with it? Yeah. Who Imagine that? What the mob? The you know, AC mob wants a piece of the action. In a weird way, I think Janet yeah. Lee comes along to interfere with it a little just prior to the mob because Janet Lee is a sort of socialite mm-hmm. who wants to who wants to use the band. You know, as a sort of prop, right? Much right. the way Jack Webb. a lot of people do with the blues. <laughs> uh, so, so she doesn't really care about it. She just wants to be seen listening to it, I right? Can, can I go on? I fucking don't. Know. <laughs> oh, fuck! I'm feeling the blues right now. My fucking my co-host is a me fucking mistreater. A boo. So. Um, anyway, yes, yeah, so the mob comes along in the form of Edmund O'Brien. Edmund O'Brien, yeah. Now, what does Edmund O'Brien want? What's the conflict here? Oh, I think, what does he want? He wanted like a piece of the action or something like that. Basically, he's forcing his management on the band, yeah, who already has a man, has management. He's right. forcing a twenty five percent fee on them. Right. When then they're they're and they're they're getting they're scraping by. I mean, like, it's yeah. like, like I'm going to dip into your tip jar over here. Basically, is what this mobster is doing. And Jack Webb is is he's very Jack Webb in this sort of grimacing realist, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Which is to say, like, of course he's going to do it. And he's going to tell his bandmates, of course, we shouldn't have to, but what are we going to do? We're oh, all going to be wearing right. the cement. I mean, Lee Marvin is like, fuck this, man. He's well, the like, drummer, the, the, the kid who's a drummer, is, mm-hmm. is really fuck this. Yeah. And guess what happens to him? A rub a dub dub. Gets yeah, he rubbed gets, up. Spoiler. <laughs> he, gets, he gets the Def Leppard treatment. And so. Um, next scene. Oh, Tommy's oh, irritated now. It's oh, one man. of my favorite episodes <laughs> already. <laughs> this is my. This might be the last fucking episode. That's all right. Don't get the blues, you Tommy. Bitch. Don't get the repetitive boring blues. So, so, um, 
so lots of things happen. Basically, you know, um, Webb um, con- confronts um, the, the band that they have to do it. Um, the, mm-hmm. the, the kid drummer, Joey, re- tries to refuse it, gets rubbed out. Right. Um, and then, then this sort of like behind the, the, the music mm-hmm. um, sort of moment happens with Lee Marvin. Like, it used to be about the music, <laughs> man. And he goes off to sort of play with some bigger band. And, right, right, you know, right. they've been buddies forever. Yeah. Lee Marvin, this is the period of time where like Kane Mutiny, Bad Day at Black Rock, Lee Marvin, where... He's still just this little bit player, but he, yep. but he shined in almost everything Always he did. shiny. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Shiny, glistening man. He's a shiny, happy person. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, along comes uh, along comes the law. Along comes the law. The in long the, arm in, of the in law. The, in the in the in Andy Devine comes in as the as the as the tough as tough as nails fucking uh, force for you know force for good. Yeah, yeah. And justice. Andy yeah. Devine of like. Jesus Christ! What he would he was he was like in half of the Disney movies as a voice of like Friar Tuck in Robin yep. Hood. Oh yeah, yeah, great, great sort of recognizable Disney voice for sure. Usually recognizable voice, like right up there, like almost Sterling Holloway. Yep. And and and, and interesting players. Peggy Lee is in this mm-hmm. as an older sort of like washed out alcoholic singer, very reminiscent of, of her a few life. years earlier. Yeah, also that, <laughs> but also like Key Largo. I forget her name, but the bit player oh, um, yeah, Key yeah, Largo, yeah. and it's right. like the mobster wants to sort of well, like show mobster. her off, but yeah. then when she can't cut the the mustard, she sucks. As they say, it's yeah. sort of it's a it's an issue. Right. He bats her around a lot. Right. Also, in a in a small role is Jane Mansfield as a cigarette girl. Really? Yes. Nice. And in a not so small role and, and and pretty well billed for what she does, which is totally superfluous, is uh, Ella Fitzgerald. Yeah. Who does right. sing the actual blues? And you know what? I'm a dick because she's actually when she sings the blues, it's acceptable, I guess. Oh no, 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 don't don't back no don't be Still right. Having now, an Joe. open mind, Tommy. That's yeah. what I have. And then na 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 open mind blues. Oh god. So damn it. um Ella Fitzgerald has sort of had a bit play. The, the uh, same way that um oh what the fuck is his name? The Duke um does in Anatomy of a Murder. Um uh, Duke Ellington. Duke Ellington? Yeah, he plays he plays Pie Eye, the pianist. That, yeah, you're right. Oh fuck yeah! Okay, yeah, it's just right. that era where they're just sort of pop, bopping in like the royalty of of jazz yeah, and these bit yeah. parts as piano players and singers, which is great. Yeah. Um. And 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 Peggy Lee is actually really good, yeah. I guess, playing herself as the washed out singer mm-hmm. who goes like insane. She ends up having a <laughs> mental institution. Yeah, yeah. And Emma O'Brien is. As Edmund O'Brien is as he can be, which is to say, like just over the top, really fat in this one. This guy's voice is craggy. Like it's a craggy. You're right. Mm, yeah. like, there's just that quality to him. He's got a there's a snarly quality to Edmund O'Brien that he's had since the beginning. Well, we we were sort of referencing him tonight. You made a joke about the Wild Bunch, but uh-huh. by the time in 1969 he got to be the old crazy man in the Wild Bunch, it was almost like his retirement yeah, plan. It was it's like where he went with it, right? <laughs> yeah, it was like the least surprising role this guy could have ended on. It was perfect. <laughs> he got his blues is um, a movie that here, here's the thing about because blues I and, and, and it, and it, oh and it, and it comes to it and it closes Sorry. out really simply which is well what is it Edmund O'Brien gets killed I like it spoiler thing, but I like it game over yeah right so then then the no more problems and we move on it's it's yeah. not a great it's not a beautifully written movie well that's the thing is you know um, Jack Webb is I, he's he's no Olivier obviously, but he plays his roles just right. He always plays them just right. It's yeah. believable. He's, he's adequate as hell. You like him in a now, lot of his roles. He takes on all these other roles, and he does those 
adequate sometimes and mm. sometimes not. Like the directing this movie is sometimes okay and sometimes like nah. the car crash that he's in with that drummer is one of the most unbelievable chases <laughs> and car crashes I've ever seen in my life. Right. As is the shooting of the drummer mm-hmm. later on. There's just moments where you're like, this is what's how like what did you decide here? Mm-hmm. There's a story about um him that Harry Morgan attributed to him. Mm. And we'll be talking more about Harry Morgan and, and he later on. Mm-hmm. Another hint as to where we're going. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert. But it was, he was a little bit like Sinatra, um, Jack Webb was, in that it was like, you know, Sinatra was, was, was um, famously like one take Frank. Right. Right. It's like, I want to get back to the casino. Let's right. get this done. There's broads to bang. And there's a lot of people like, like um, they say that, that uh, Clint Eastwood. Right. Is is um, you like that? Right. Um, yeah. He sets up the camera, and you go act the I, lines. I heard a, a great story um, about Clint Eastwood um, from someone else. I can't remember who to give it cre- credit to, but basically, you're not going to libel him as a rapist. No, no. <laughs> there was a scene. Oh, Jay Moore, the comedian, yeah. was in it. Was in a Clint, Eastwood, Clint Eastwood movie. He had a couple of lines mm-hmm. where he delivers a letter to um, a woman who's supposed to not have a, really a speaking role. He's supposed to take the letter, open the door, be a landlady, take the letter, mm-hmm. open it, and go, "Oh my!" and then like close the door. Right, and um, they're directing it. Clint Eastwood's directing it from the street, and they're like on the third floor, and he's got like a camera. He's he's not even up there. He's directing it from the street, mm-hmm. and the lady does this sort of like classic, sort of like wanting to get your moment, like, oh, what is this? A letter, like adding things. <laughs> and Clint Eastwood it says, "Hold on, everyone. It's Just still on, it up as an it's extra. still on film. Like he doesn't even say cut. He he marches all the way up the creaky like three stairs to this floor, uh, confronts the lady, and says t- two things. He says, "Lady, I can't tell you how much this movie is not about you." <laughs> And then the second thing he says is, "If I could have just, if I could have just hired your arm, I would have." <laughs> <laughs> but 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 the thing uh, I hear from Harry Morgan is this: that 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 Jack Webb was was really all business. Right. So so he was actually a pretty funny guy mm-hmm. off of the clock. Right. But on but the clock, on was... the clock, he was. It's kind of like Michael Richards, like all business, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And. That one time they had, he wanted to get these um, when he did the Dragnet episodes, the TV shows. Uh-huh. Um, he liked to get them done and all filmed in like one day, Whoa. right? And so they would do like these these fifteen hour days or something. Uh-huh. And so Harry Morgan said they started at nine. Harry Morgan told a joke on set mm-hmm. at five thirty p.m. Harry Morgan told another joke, and Jack Webb said, "Well, if you're gonna fool around all the day, I guess we're gonna have to do two <laughs> days worth of filming here." Like he was very into like efficiency, like, yeah. and it's a little that bit of the problem. Not, that seems very unsurprising in a sense, but somewhat problematic as you're saying. Yeah. There's a, there's not nothing. Jack Webb doesn't yeah. bring joy, but comfort. Yeah, comfort. Absolutely, yeah. comfort, solidity. So yeah. it's fuck. But not joy. There's not a there's not a joyous no. There's no there's no vibe coming off. But he does bring set. a sort of naivete. Like a, there's a trust that things are okay, yeah. even if if it's okay by virtue of the naivete of his view, his worldview. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like you know. Which he reminds one? me a lot of your dad, oh, okay. the, the other Finley, which is to say, half the stuff your dad says, I'm like, oh no, that's terrible. <laughs> what you're saying about things in the world. But the other part of me is like, well, it tastes from the 40s. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, I'm just not surprising. Yeah. It's not Sorry, I'm over talking, man. Oh, I want to go back one more thing about Jack Webb. Another thing is uh, his first wife, Mm. Julie London. Holy yeah, right. shit, that was an interesting thing to find out. Oh, yeah, yeah, I didn't know Great jazz vocalist right there. Yeah. Ah, yeah he spent Julie. time, beautiful one, by the too. way, in the Danbury State Penitentiary for uh-huh. sexually assaulting uh-huh. Jessica Rabbit. I know, it's so crazy. <laughs> That's Joe. where he got the blues. Yeah, of course. Okay. 
Uh, just one piece of misinformation per episode. <laughs> so are we done with Pete Kelly's Blues? Oh, are we done with the blues? I give it a thumbs up. It also has an interesting sort of cinematography. The color is of very, very much of that like East of yeah. Eden, yeah. you know, um, cowboy with, with um, Glenn um, Ford, that oh, type of yeah. bleedy okay. color. Yeah, right, yeah, right. okay. Um, I'll go with you on that. I don't know. Let's see. Let's this movie. I... Like this movie for somewhat sentimental reasons. Um, sentimental reasons. Oh, fuck. See how it ruins close, everything? I'm going to close. You yeah, see how that ruins everything? The repetition of an unfunny fucking concept. This is going to do it. I'm going to go close Patreon right now, motherfucker. No, but it's an incredibly flawed movie. It's an enjoyable movie. If you if you got into what? An hour and a half to kill? I actually like it over an hour and a half do it. Yeah, I, I actually I give it praise, not high praise, but praise. Okay. So so the next film is an interesting choice, and and I kind of directed us toward this one, and so it's my fault if, mm-hmm. if it's a problem. But you know, the most obvious choice is to do 1954's Dragnet, which I honestly thought we were gonna be talking but about. But you did get around to the, the one I, I. Oh, I did. So so oh the, my god, the Dragnet that we did was actually <laughs> it's called Dragnet 1966. Yes. It was supposed it was supposed to head or or, or launch the 1967 season of the return of Dragnet. Right. This time with Jack Webb and Harry Morgan as his partner, pre- right. pre-MASH. But instead, Dragnet started in 1967, and Dragnet 1966 wasn't released until after the end of the second run of the series, 1969. No shit, is that right? <laughs> so it's really wow. kind of confusing. Wow. Okay. <laughs> but it is... I'm going to say this. I'm going to start off by, by saying this. Please. I'm, I know that I'm supposed to like the original Dragnet more. I like this one more, and I like the the television series later more for the following reason. <laughs> I think I know what it is. By the time the 60s come around, there's actually something for him to butt up against. Yeah. There's actually something not... It's not beboppy, you know, um, um, beats. It's mm-hmm. actual hippies with long hair and bad values who say... You know, basically uh, up, up with the pigs, or you know, yeah. down with the pigs, or mm-hmm. the fuzz, or whatever. Right. So, I mean, it's it's mild, of course. What he actually highlights, it's sort of silly. Yeah. Um, but it is, um, a, it has a little bit of that of, mm-hmm. of real counterculture, and it also has a little bit of like references to like viciousness that weren't allowed in the first one. They were talking about like child molesters yeah. and murderers. I think it, it goes much darker. Yeah, it does go darker. To be sure, yeah. And and I think also. Um, Harry Morgan is just a better sidekick. He is a great sidekick. He's, he's, he, is, he brings light. Really cool. I was thinking about yeah. this. Did Mary, Harry Morgan ever star in anything? Like, ever? I can't think of a single movie he starred in, but he... I've never, I've ne- I've never not enjoyed a movie he was in just because he was in it for some reason. Yeah, I and can't he, think he of anything. A, you're he's right. Got a quality. I don't, he's quality. I'm sure he made a wonderful second bundle doing that, though. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he was very comfortable. But yeah. um, I mean, I love him in movies like The Judge and Inherit the Wind, mm-hmm. uh, Mash, obviously later, right? Apple Dumpling Gang. Oh fuck, dude! Don't get <laughs> me started. <laughs> well, you know, it's really funny that we didn't go with 1954 because there is a point. You are you are correct in a sense in that mm-hmm. he was really sort of mm-hmm. he was swimming with the stream of society as yeah. it was sort of going as it was going on and basically doing a, a, a gigantic. Um, uh, what do you want to call that? Propagation, prop, propaganda flick for yep. the LAPD. Yes. You know, and, 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 and old Mr. Parker and all yep. that kind of shit. Um, but uh, 60 seconds, it was fucking interesting. I remember looking at this thing. I'm, I'm watching this thing uh, for the first time the other night, mm-hmm. and, I, and, I, and I had to stop and go, like, 1966. Fucking Revolver came out this same year. Yeah, yeah. How do these two things exist in the same time and place almost, you know? <sighs> well, 
I mean, because the there's such is, a weird naivety going on here too. He's, you could see like his grasp slipping as he's trying to gra- as he's trying to really sort of grasp modern hippie culture going on. Part of it is also looking back, right? So it's like mm-hmm. I know that this isn't true, but what, I, what watching nineteen drag that nineteen sixty six wants to make me believe is that. Um, it's sort of like black guys getting shot in 2018 is what it's devolved to. Mm. And in 1966, 67, it really was about truth, justice, and the American way. As misguided as, as, as the application was, that they really believed it. Right. And I'm not sure that they didn't really believe it for the most part. So there was a sort of like innocence. Mm-hmm. And then I'm sure it's not exactly true. Someone who has, uh, who has gray hair, I'm sure, would be like, go fuck yourself. Yeah, you know, yeah. but, but I just... We're, we're, it's, yeah. it's fantasy. We had anal sex back then, you know. It's you know what it is. It's a white fantasy. I'm having a white fantasy mm. in this moment, and that's what happened, and that's kind of why I enjoyed it. Yeah. Well, those movies are escape, I guess. The, I don't know. Is this the best part of the of the entire movie or yeah. not? But the uh, the part where he's like, Miss, he's trying to walk through this crowded uh, through this crowded uh, thing. Yeah. He's like, Miss, is this woman with, with yes. blonde hair in front of <sighs> Harry Morgan? Miss, <laughs> Miss, could you please move? And the, the, the Miss turns around, and of course, it's yeah. a, a far. Uh, these, these people had never seen a hippie. Yeah, it was, this is a hippie that did like. Sh- Smell obviously. No, just like shoulder length hair and a cardigan. <laughs> yeah, you're kind of eating the mic, by the way. Just a little bit, just to let you know. <sighs> oh, that's not funny anymore, Tom. Oh, yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> so, so anyway, look, um, you know, um, Friday has returned from vacation. He's back. Um, there's an ongoing sort of joke where Harry Morgan's character is um, about to retire because his about body's to, falling apart. He's about to retire, and, mm-hmm. and um, somebody's chasing him down all day to turn in his badge and do the paperwork. Yeah. But Harry Morgan's basically he's hot going, on the trail with Joe. They got the one last case, one final case. Well, and the case is so like if you ever watched the TV show from this time, it's really I watched one recently where it was the sort of like. Um, LSD wasn't illegal yet, mm-hmm. and so it was like like this this guy named Blue Boy because he painted his face blue was selling LSD, and it's like literally they said, if you do this LSD, the next thing you know you'll be doing grass, mm-hmm. like really not a clear understanding of the the, the hierarchy of drugs. No idea, <laughs> as no you and I know it, Tom. It. Yeah. So so anyway, um, this one starts really it's with um, a couple of things happening. One thing that's happening is that. Um, some girls go missing. Yeah, so some young women are missing mm-hmm. in a, in L.A. Mm-hmm. Right, and there are witnesses, and I think a really interesting thing is that one of the witnesses, or potential witnesses, or um, proprietor of an establishment that may have witnesses, is essentially running kind of like a swingers club. Yep, basically. But it's not a very it's, good one. It's a, it's a, it's a lonely. It's, it's calling itself a lonely hearts club, yeah. but is in fact a swingers club. I guess so. Like but, some kind of like er, like some er, like swingers club. Yeah. Situation there. <laughs> so uh, you know, and doing it doing it rather poorly at the yeah, same time. Of course, Jack Webb and Harry Morgan end up uh, going to, you know, sneaking into the swingers club and being like the biggest downers in the whole fucking thing while they're looking for their suspect in this situation. Well, everyone's an idiot. I mean, that's the thing, sort of thing. It's like they have to quickly paint anyone who would be in a swingers club as, I mean, in a way, I think they're trying to be fair, which is to say it's not just the young generation that's full of idiots who don't respect America. It's Mm -hmm. the older generation that's trying to run away from responsibility. And which is just people are just moronic in this world. And they end up with like two pictures, uh, two, uh, two, uh, Hand sketch wrote to like amazing sketch artists. Like yeah, they really I don't are. think they have. I've never seen any anybody. These guys since obviously that. retired before the Unabomber became famous. Yeah. because uh, <laughs> they could do hair. They could and actually eyes. do hair and eyes and stuff. <laughs> 
Yeah. Fuck. So, so I mean, it's like I, I mean, there's there are more details, but I don't know what details to give in a drag that story just, except to say that it's interesting. They run they run around town. Yeah. They crack jokes. They make sort of those, like those one liner statements that got ruined. I kind of ruined later on in a way by like Harry Callahan movies and so forth, mm-hmm. where and and especially Arnold Schwarzenegger, where it became like time to take out the trash. Well, you what know, was much more subtle about it? He was and he was better yeah, by and large. Was, I don't yeah. know if he, I don't you know, and I don't know that he gets the credit for that because he. Yeah. Kind of created that concept. I think he's, I think you're in right. In a sense, he's got the he's got the thing on there. And of course, the other thing I guess what to say about this movie is that it was definitely okay. It's a child of its time and place. And it's as you're saying, the yep. second series, the series got more and more sort of realistic and yeah. gritty. And, and at this point, we we're talking about serial killers were becoming a thing. And a guy who's you and know, that's what this is about. Them chasing a serial killer. And when they catch up with him, he's he threatens. It's raining and there's like a mudslide about to happen, and he wants to like toss a, a, a trailer off the edge of the cliff mm-hmm. that has a woman in it, but it turns out she's would, dead anyway. And right, and that trailer would make a sweet tiny home nowadays. It really would. <laughs> You're right about okay. that. Oh, how do we get from there to here? Anyways. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was it was fun. It was it's definitely the kind of movie. When I was a kid, those are the type of movies that made me think I wanted to. I remember one time I wanted to be a gunsmith. Mm. You know that about me? No. But it was I was that that sort of um, influenced by things like Jack Webb. Sure. It just seemed like a great. You know what? He seemed like the great for sad individuals like you and I, like a great um, single guy life he was leading. Jack Webb as Sergeant Friday. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. I don't know. I don't know. It's just comfortable. It's a it's a comfortable world. There's, it's a fall. It's a phony know. world, I, I suppose. Like, yeah, yeah. I shouldn't. Like, you know, the thing is, is like Jack Webb. Is, like, I should not like him as much as I do. Yeah, I do. Okay. So okay. So, so now I'm going to give you the opportunity, and I'll follow along the best way I can. I just didn't get a chance to review it, and that's mm. to go back to 1957. If right. you'd like to, would you like to? Yeah, let's go. Okay, so talk about the DI, which stands for, of course, drill, drill instructor. instructor. Jack Marines. Webb plays. Yes. A, I'm gonna I'm gonna sort of look it up for some background here. So yeah. you start us off. I mean, it's it's pretty straightforward. It's uh, it's uh, the first uh, half of Full Metal Jacket, but done in a, sort of a more realistic and time place. He, Jack Webb plays a drill instructor for the Marine Corps in Paris Island, uh, and he's of course you know leading his crew, uh, his troop through the. The manful art of becoming a Marine. And one of them is just kind of a pussy. He's just not pulling it together. And uh, Webb is, uh, is is tough loving the living shit out of this kid. Like really sort of putting the spotlight on him. Trying to do do what he can to make him grow as a man and as a Marine. Well, I remember, for instance, there's a scene where it's like... Um they're out in the, in the sort of the sand. Yeah. And, and um, this, this hits re- recruit hits a gnat. Yeah. And so because he moved without being ordered to move, mm. uh, Jack Webb orders the whole platoon to, to search for the gnat <laughs> in the sand. Find the gnat. Great. And, 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 it, and it's, it, you know, it really plays to his laconic wit. Mm-hmm. This really is him. At, no, the, I, I would say the DIE is, you have is a Jack. Baconic wit, by the way. Hmm? You have a baconic wit. Thank you. Okay, that was well, thank God you you interjected that. Anyways, no, he's got this great laconic wit that he that really shines through in this movie better than anywhere else, even even in Dragnet. Mm. Right. So so okay. So yeah. So the the guy slaps the flea, and then he makes them all search for the flea. Yep. And then one of them finally gets smart and goes, "Oh shit!" This and he just slaps a flea on his neck and then tries to present it. Oh as, yeah, that's right. As the flea, and he looks at it and goes, yeah. "Was it a boy or a girl?" That's this isn't the one, and he yeah. makes him keep doing it. <laughs> and then great. eventually they bury it, and it's yeah. funny. I mean, it's 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 just it's funny, and at the same time he also uh, meets a woman, you know, uh, and mm-hmm. he starts to maybe find love, maybe a little bit, maybe moving a little bit beyond the core, you know, just to be sort of round himself out as a human thing. And by the time he, near the end of the movie, he's sick of this guy. Yeah. He can't make this kid behave. He's, he's tried everything he knows how to do. 
Uh, he's about to he's about to bust him out. Send him back. To, uh, As I recall, his, back parents, to his, his parents come by. Uh, his mom okay, comes yeah. by. Yeah. She wants to send him home to, to his mommy's skirts, which is mm. where this kid, you know. Uh, anyways, mom shows up at Paris mm. Island and says, don't you do that. I want this. I have coddled this kid. His father was a Marine. He died mm-hmm. in bloody World War II. Bloody I've, coddled, I've, I've coddled this kid. This shit's yep. my fault, but you but you fix it. So yeah. um, that's your job. And so then, then Jack Webb, you know, renewed with vigor, goes back, goes over, destroys the rest of this kid's uh, spirit, mm-hmm. and turns him into a Marine in the end. Boom. That's really the movie. Yeah. It's a very simple movie. I like it's it. It's the details of what goes on in the movie that make it worthwhile. The cinematography's good. It's not mm-hmm. great, but it's simple. It's black and white. It's a good black and white stock uh, footage. Mm-hmm. Everything's clean. Things are clear. Yep. Um, it's just, it's pretty well done. It's, Thumbs up, yeah. Yeah, it's a total thumbs up, and uh, it's a it's a movie I've watched since I was a kid. I like it very much. I want I think I wanted to be a marine for a little while, and then I got smarter later on. Became a sailor. <laughs> yes, sir. Hello. I th- became a marine. <laughs> a marine taxi driver. I think honestly, um, in terms of films, we've co- if you count like Double Dip on Dragnet, we've covered his films really. I mean, he made like twelve films yeah. as an actor, and yeah. we've covered like the ones that the, are he, worth he started. Seeing, I yeah, would say, then, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Of, of the three, which would you say is the best? You know, I'm inclined. Well, okay, it's it's a different answer. I'm inclined to probably say the DI is the best as right. as I remember it. Mm-hmm. But the one I enjoyed the most was Dragnet 1966. I really like that. What he did with that series, okay, you okay. know, he did a smart thing, and a lot of people um, criticize his move when people do it, but he stuck with what worked. Yeah, and and you know, mm-hmm. and when he was buried, apparently, I guess he's you know, um, Sergeant Friday had badge seven fourteen. Yep, um, Mayor Bradley from Los Angeles in nineteen eighty two. So Jack Webb was like sixty when he died. Yeah, he no, he was. He wasn't much younger than that. What are you fifty four? I don't remember. I don't know, but but Anyways, but uh, he was not an mayor, old man. Mayor, Mayor Tom Bradley mm-hmm. had the police uh, make up like a fake badge with 714, and he's buried with a badge. Nice. That's so, cool. Yeah, That's I don't really know. Really Whatever that means to people. I got to go. Uh, I got to say, I think uh, technically the DI is the better, is the best of all the movies. Mm-hmm. And for me, I think it's the most enjoyable of the movies. But okay. none of them none of them do I hate. No, they're good. Yeah, they're worth catching. Yeah. Good. All right. And then side note, I think I should just attach this. The original Finley mm-hmm. was in the Marines. Around the time, like about five years after the DI was made, I want to say 1962. Yeah, they're, they're right around that time. And period, was yeah. was threatened with court martial for getting a sunburn because that is destroying government property. Yes, that's called damaging government property. Yeah, <laughs> that's a, that's a funny thing. Military. Well, I almost did that. I almost did that in uh, in my, in uh, Ecuador. You're when kidding I was me. In the Navy. Yeah. Well, you were in the Navy in Ecuador. What'd you do? Uh, I almost killed myself. I almost got dead. Uh, getting back on the ship. Should have given you a medal for that. Oh, you wish. No, uh, no. I was uh, getting off uh, the the, uh, the surf was crazy. I was, I was climbing onto the, from the Liberty boat to the to the ship, yep. and the the boat dropped out from underneath me and came right back up and smacked me into the Jesus. bottom. Jesus. Yeah, I almost lost my leg or or life. Oh, and I went. Anyways, uh, yeah, they tried to they tried to prosecute me because I'd had a beer. Well, you know, the military is kind of a prick that way sometimes. Well, you know what. Na, 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 na. Oh, God damn it. That's the way to end it.